You're listening to Crosspoint Community Church in LaGrange, Texas podcast. To learn more about Crosspoint Community Church, including service times and how you can connect, please visit crosspointchurchtx.org. Hey, I'm Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. So glad you're with us today. Um, We're continuing our series, Reboot. And as we've talked about over the last few weeks, this idea of us kind of restarting with um, newness of everything and uh, getting back to whatever we want to call this new normal thing. And uh, as you know, the longer or the worse off your computer is, um, whenever you push reboot or whatever, it takes longer to get all the glitches out. And um, recently I just had a, a update on some software on mine and it took like an hour to get it all rebooted and get all those glitches out. And so, um, and it's, and it's a computer that actually works. And so it means it's an Apple computer. So anyway, um, so here we are. So thinking about this week has been crazy, hasn't it? With uh, everything going on in Europe and around the world and, and uh, just the anxiety, I think that it's created for some of us and just thinking about what's happening, what's going on. And um, interestingly enough, like looking on Facebook and different avenues of social media of how people express themselves. Um, since we've been talking about prayer, it's been encouraging to me to see that people are leaning into this idea of prayer, especially for the Ukraine and all of those different things, and which is that understanding that that is totally out of our control, right? I mean, there are parts of the world and parts of our lives that we're just like, God, you, you be God in this situation, and we don't understand why it's happening, what's happening, but we've got to leave this totally in your hands, and that's our prayer today, but that's also where we're at. We're thinking about this idea of being dependent upon God, and um, which is difficult, I think, for us as Americans, because we are the wealthiest people the world has ever seen. And so when we think about being broke, it's not like what the world has thought about being broke for most of history. It's just a different thing. We can go get another job or two or three jobs or four jobs or five jobs. And most of the time, the reason we're broke is because we've outspent our budget um, or life situations have come and we've overspent or whatever. Every once in a while, right, there's things that maybe a, a health thing or something like that kind of pulls the carpet. But in reality, um, there's so much of our financial situations is our decisions. And um, so anyway, so we've been thinking about praying and all that different stuff. And even even last night as I was going over my notes and kind of preparing for today, finalizing some of the things, I, um, for whatever reason, I was going through Facebook and I don't even have it on my phone. So I have to like intentionally go do it. And, um, and so as I was going through it, seeing all these prayer requests for the Ukraine and stuff and, and a, a friend, acquaintance, longtime acquaintance and friend of mine put a prayer for Ukraine. And so, and it, but it struck me, it just kind of, sometimes you see something that kind of makes you stop. And this was one of those moments for me is because um, the prayer was had some some verbiage in it that's outside of of what I would what I know and understand to be scripture. And so I know this person's heart and I know that they were they were praying and and wanting to offer up. But um, some of the things that they were saying are actually contrary to scripture. And so I wanted to delve into that today just for a moment as we get into this. Um, because one of the things that we want to be known for here is to be scriptural. 
So now I have Baptist roots, and so this church has some Baptist roots, and so there's some, some things that are really great about these Baptist roots, but then there's also some traditions that are not scriptural. And so all of us come from all these different backgrounds, and so I think that's, um, that's good stuff. A lot of that's good, but there are some times that different things that we've been taught, especially if you've grown up in church, some things that are not scriptural that are tradition. And so this person was offering some things that were tradition that are actually contrary to Scripture. And so in this instance, they were praying through the Holy Mother Mary and through Stepfather Jesus and says some different things like that. And so what I want, want you to grasp this morning is that is contrary to Scripture, that is contrary to what we're actually been teaching over the last few weeks, is that we have an opportunity to talk to the creator of the universe who has created us and invited us into a relationship with him through Jesus. And that Mary and Joseph and his brothers and sisters, while important to the story in in an awesome way, were able to be a part of the birth of Jesus and the story and all that different stuff, they are 100% human And so their opportunity with Jesus, they got to hang out with them and get to see him. But they are brothers and sisters in Christ, just like we are. And so, man, so that's my heartbeat is like, I I want someone to like, you get to go straight to the father through Jesus. And that's the beauty of what happened on the cross, that Jesus died for us. And that when we say yes to him, we now through receiving that gift, have the opportunity. You are your own priest even. See, that's a whole, that's a whole other sermon. I've, like I ran out of time already in the first service anyway, okay? And so, but what I want you to get is this, is that yes, I'm your pastor, but you, when you say yes to Jesus in Christ, you are your own priest. And so you can go to Jesus, you can go to God the Father through Jesus on your own. And so that's what I want you to grasp is, listen, this is good stuff on Sunday when we get together and open up God's word and, and eat of the bread and drink of the wine together in community. But you also need to get in the habit of feeding yourself because um, if you don't, you're going to get hungry. And so that's part of prayer, too, is you need to lean into who God is and what he wants for you. And you need to get on your face like David and cry out and and because, listen, if you were some of my part of my prayer things, like I, I walk around and I talk and I rant and I yell at God and I cry with God. I do all these different things because God and I are just and and you need that, too. Here's what I'll tell you is I save a lot of money on therapy because God and I do some stuff together. OK. And God wants us to be real with him. And so what I, I, I'll have to say is it just kind of it's kind of caught me and I think, man, this is what we're talking about is that you in Christ. Right. So if you've accepted what Jesus has done for you on the cross in Christ, you have access to him just like I do. I do not have a better phone line. You have the same phone line. And so I want you to dig into that. And so as we continue our series in Matthew, chapter six, one of the things that comes up several once in a while, someone will say, hey, uh, how come you don't preach from the Bible? Well, I do, actually. I spent all week in it, and I just have really bad eyesight. And so if I were to have this here, like it would look like a trombone playing. 
And so I have the scriptures on the back, okay? And so I'm there with you. So I encourage you to bring, if you have good eyesight, bring your Bibles and read from it or bring your iPhones or whatever and do all that different stuff and just know that, that I've got it back here on the back screen, okay? I'm not making this up, in other words. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus has been approached by his disciples, right? And his disciples have been seeing him do some very interesting things and have been able to listen in on his prayers. And they're like, we want to be able to pray like you, Jesus. We want to be able to pray with intimacy. We want to be able to pray with conviction, with some passion. And we also want to be able to pray and to see our prayers be effective. In other words, say something and ask, make a request. And whenever you make that request, that something happens. And we all want that, right? And so this is what the disciples have been saying, because they've been seeing some really cool, interesting things happen, like 5,000 people get fed from a few fish and some bread and some different things like that. And so this disciples are in on this and they're saying, we've never seen anyone else that's a spiritual leader or a spiritual authority pray like you're praying and we want to pray like you do. And so over the last few weeks, as we've been breaking down this Matthew chapter 6, verses 9, 10, and so far, is that we see that there's an intimacy, that we have an opportunity to pray to God as the Father and to crawl up into his lap. And we see that there's also an expectancy that I'm going to pray and that God will respond um, if we ask with the right motives, and that there's an ability for us to relinquish. We can ask for things, but so many times when we ask for things, it's for us and we want to hold on to them. And that's our, our toddlerness of uh, we want what we want when we want it. We kind of want to hold on to it. But what God is, Jesus is telling us when we pray, we should have open hands of, God, we want to receive this. Yes, we want the blessing, but also we want to be able to pass the blessing on to others. And then also this idea today of dependence. And I, I think it's a difficult thing for us to grasp as Americans, this idea of dependence, because, again, we're wealthy people. And so we, we can go get extra jobs. And so I remember um, about five or six years ago or so, um, Becky and I got married and uh, we were in college and uh, we were toward the end of our college career when we got married. And listen, we went from broke to broker. OK, and uh, we were married. We were young. Um, we were following scripture. It's better to get married in the burning heat, all those different things. And so we followed all that. And so we're married, but we're poor. And I'm pastoring a church. We're working um, a lot of hours. Both of us are working full-time jobs, and we're going to school full-time. And the way that we would communicate is we would put Post-it notes on the refrigerator, and that would set our dates. And our dates were meeting at Walmart at like 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning to buy groceries and help the other people stock, I guess. we were. But we were that was our schedule, and it was just crazy busy. And so that's how we would communicate. And I worked, one of my jobs was I was a, a head waiter. I was waiting tables at a seafood restaurant. And it wasn't Red Lobster, but it was a lot like Red, Red Lobster. We had the same type of potatoes. We had the same type of bread and all the different kind of stuff. And that's where I began developing this felt physique that I've got. As I found potatoes and potatoes found me. And um, many times, you guys, like that was the only way... That Becky and I were actually going to be able to eat something of sustenance was if I brought home some leftover potatoes and leftover bread and some some um, lettuce. I've heard of those vegetable things. Yeah. Um, and so we were broke. That's how poor we were. We were making it happen. We were doing it. But that was one of the things that we were doing. And so I understood to a certain level of what being broke was. And obviously I would we would hustle and do other things. I worked at what? 
at Burger King for a weekend? Yeah. I've never been back, literally to work or to eat. And um, But you do what you've got to do to get it done. And so we have that type of mentality here where that's our poverty. But I've also been in places around the world where I've walked on dump heaps where moms are scrounging to feed their children. And here's what I'll tell you. I was like, as broke as I was broke, I was not that broke. And so poverty at that level literally stinks. And the stench of poverty gets into your nostrils and you cannot get it out. And so I, we have a different understanding of poverty because we don't live to that level of poverty. That even our poor are on a different level of poor. And it doesn't excuse it. But we, we live in a unique season and a unique time. So I think the part of the verse, that I'm saying all this to say that the part of the verse that we're talking about today, sometimes we don't connect with it because we don't have to pray for our daily needs or we don't think we have to because we can really, some of our things is like, I don't have enough to eat out today, but I can still go get X and we can make some decisions. It's not like the rest of the world. And so we're really good at 911 prayers, these immediate needs that we have, and we can ask for things. And even people that don't believe in God can pray these and do pray these, the foxhole prayers of immediacy. Um, but there's other types of, of prayers as well. And I think this one I would kind of categorize this daily bread thing is a 2-1-1 prayer of I have some daily needs and someone else has to help me fulfill them. And that's what a 2-1-1 call is, is that you're calling out, you're reaching out to someone. You've reached the end of your resources, the end of yourself, and someone else has to help you do that. And so this is where we're at in this prayer of Matthew chapter 6, verses 9, 10, and 11 so far, is that God is saying, hey, at part of this is us being dependent upon God and understanding this mindset of being dependent upon God for our daily needs. Because in Jesus' day, if you didn't work, you didn't eat. And most of the people were hand to mouth, like they would go to work and they would earn enough denarii, they would earn enough money. And on the way home from work, from being paid that day, they would stop at the market and pick up some bread. They would pick up some vegetables and that's what they would eat. They didn't have Costco and Sam's and all this where they can buy a month's worth of groceries and store it. They were day to day having this need. And so if you got hurt or if you got sick and you didn't go to work, your kids didn't eat. And we just... Don't really grasp that. And so here, that's where we're at with Jesus in this prayer. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and following. Again, Jesus' disciples have said, hey, teach us to pray like you. And so he says, pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Now, see, I've been talking about food, and some of you have already thinking about, yep, I've, you're already planning where you're going to go eat, okay? And so you're, like, checking your taste buds, like, what are we going to have? Or is it going to be barbecue? Is it going to be, you know what I mean? Like, you're going through all this stuff. Back porch, you owe me for all the barbecue people today. The epiosis is the word there. Can you say that, epiosis? Yeah, it's a little extra S, but it's fun. Means daily bread for tomorrow. That we could have bread for today that will sustain us so that we can make it to tomorrow. Most of us aren't living in that way. God, feed me today, sustain me, 
so that I can get up tomorrow and go to work to make more money so I can eat, so I can go to work tomorrow. Daily bread. And that's where Jesus' hearers were at. His audience, like this was real life to them. If I don't work, I don't eat. I have daily dependence for my daily needs. Give us today the food we need. Now, in our current culture, that's usually if we've lost a job or if some medical thing happens and kind of things get upset, there's, that becomes a part of it. But in this prayer, what God wants us to grasp is this, is that I cannot do anything and cannot have anything outside of his provision and his permission. Think about that. That everything that you have, the education that you have, the job that you have, the skills that you have, the passions you have, everything about yourself, the reason that you have it. If he's God, the reason that you have it is because he's provided it for you and he's given you permission to use it for his glory and to your benefit. Wow. We don't think like that. That's not our normal way of thinking anymore. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, Paul says it this way, Do not worry about anything. How many of you worried this week? Everybody raise your hands. Yeah, right? I mean, that is, and so what does that mean? That means that you, in some moments, and in some areas of your life, have acted and thought that you were God and you were in control. You didn't trust God to handle it, so you worried about it. As if your worrying was going to solve it. All it does is shorten your life and raise your blood pressure. Right? Your Apple Watch goes up. You're reading it. Like, listen. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I know because my watch will every once in a while will ding. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm trying to be God and solve not only my problems, but other people's problems. Do not worry about anything. What's the flip side of that? Instead, pray about everything. In other words, you don't control it, so why are you trying to? All it does is shorten the days of your life and consumes you. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. It's so simple. And, and we see this as a suggestion, but in, actually, Paul has written it in a form that is, it is a command for us. That this is a lifestyle and mindset for us in Christ is we don't have to worry about anything because we recognize because we've said yes to Jesus, we're not God anyway. So why are we still trying to live like it? We trust God for some of the big things, but not for some of the small things. It's not a suggestion, but a command for us to not worry about anything. Think about it this way. Jesus... As God walked among us on mankind and he dealt with the trivial things of life. I mean, think about the very first miracle that he did. What did he do? He turned water into wine. I mean, that's very unbaptist. I mean, he turned water into wine. I mean, think about this. These people had already had enough wine. They, they didn't have like little parties like we do for like a few hours. This was like a week long celebration and these people had been going through some wine. Okay. And celebrating this and they come to the end of the celebration and Jesus' mom comes and says, Hey, they've ran out of wine. And he's like, eh. No, he made the best wine that they've had. He jumps into the trivial things of life and deals with those things. He fed the hungry. Now it's not trivial if you're hungry, but he fed 
people because there wasn't a sonic, there wasn't a water barrier. These people, need, he steps into those things. He cleaned the lepers. Now, this is something that I think skips over us because we can go to the doctor and they can give us a pill and we can do a lot of these things. But in those days, a leper, when you were walking down the street, there were leper colonies, number one. But then as a leper was walking down the street, you would have to call out, leper here. So people would know that you're going to be stepping off to the side of the track so they could pass because they couldn't come in contact with you because they might get what you've got. And so Jesus would walk up to lepers and they would call leper here. And he's like, I know. And he would hug them. And you think about they hadn't had to one. They've been proclaiming that they're a leper and everybody's running from them. But then also no one had touched them. No one had reached out and held their hand. No one had put their hand on their shoulder. No one had engaged them in physical contact for months, weeks, years imagine? And then Jesus steps into the normalcy, trivial stuff of life and puts his hand on their shoulder and says, you are healed. You don't think that was a daily prayer? God, take this from me. And Jesus stepped in. He just didn't say be healed. He touched them. There had to be power. In that moment, I mean, obviously there's physical thing, but can you imagine? I mean, I would, I bet some probably would, a natural tendency to jump back to like, you can't touch me. And Jesus does it. Jesus delves into the daily prayers for us. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. So maybe it looks like this. Some of you got kids you need to be praying for. Right? God, give me patience to raise these kids because they look and act just like me. And they got social media. And some of you know that if you'd had social media at their age like they do, you'd be some serious trouble. You may not have made it out of high school. And so the things that now are a part of our kids' world, now they live in a bubble. And we sometimes say it's their fault, but in reality, we've allowed it. And so we have to pray through that and say, hey, we're going to love you. We're going to walk through it. We're going to give you wisdom. We need wisdom. How do we walk through this world that we live in so that you can grow up to be an adult that knows and loves Jesus more than I do, but maybe walking in a more difficult world than I could ever imagine? Because, I mean, most of you said, man, I would never want to go back to high school or junior high. But imagine the world that our students live in now. And they need us as parents and grandparents to be praying for them. Maybe it looks like praying that we would grow in our love for our spouse. Can I tell you that the statistics are that divorce and separation has ramped up during COVID? I think one of the reasons is we're spending time together and we realize we don't like each other. Or we don't have anything in common. And we've been so busy coming and going and doing life that we just... We don't, and now all of a sudden we've been stuck together and we're like, what do we do with this? And the answer that we have is to run away from it instead of to get, dig into it. And that that maybe is a, a regular prayer, daily need. I mean, if marriage is symbolic of Christ in the church, we should fight for it. And so it was, we should, there should be something different there. Patience with your coworkers. 
Some of you are coming back, you've been remote working or you're coming back and you realize you had a little break from them and you really don't like them either or they don't like you and all that different stuff. And man, they, they look a lot better over Zoom than they do in person and all those different things, right? Or maybe you're praying, some of you are praying for money to do X, that you are at the end of your budget, but there are some things that you need to do. And so you're praying about, what do I need to do? And so this prayer in this moment is a prayer of a spirit of dependence on God for our daily needs. And I think in our culture and context, it takes on a little bit different understanding and meaning because, again, most of us, we're, we're wealthy compared to normal standards. And so we don't worry about these things of financially of daily bread, but our homes are falling apart. Our kids are struggling with anxiety and depression and all these mental health things beyond what we've ever seen before. Our, many of you would say our world is in chaos. My personal world is in chaos too. And we don't pray for them because we'll pull ourselves up by our bootstraps people and we think we can find solutions. And the solutions are most likely outside of our wisdom and our ability and our knowledge. And But we still keep trying. And God says, if you'll just ask. I can step in. Don't worry about anything. Because here's the other part of this, is God gives us exactly what we need every single day. God's a God of exactness. And I think we can look back at the story of the Hebrews as they're in the wilderness and they're roaming and they're looking. And one of the things about their story is they were provided manna Every single day, exactly what they needed. So each family was prescribed, hey, per person, this is how much manna you pick up. And every single day, each family would go out and pick out exactly their stuff. But for the whole people, whenever they were done, they would look out and there was no manna left. God provided for his people day after day after day, exactly not just what one household, but all the households needed. So if you took extra, you were stealing from your neighbor. Right, And so you didn't want to do that, so you took exactly what you needed. So there was a trust factor. But then also on the sixth day, God said, go out and take double what you needed so that you don't have to work on the seventh day. Trust me that I'm going to provide for you and exactly what you need. And if you take more than that, it's going to go to ruin. And they would do it. People would get in that spirit of like, I don't know if God's going to provide enough since they would take extra. One, they're stealing from their neighbor, but they're also then losing that extra. God would provide Maggots or whatever you want to call it in the food and they weren't able to eat it. Exactly what you need every single day to get you through. Physical food, but also spiritual food. James says it this way. You don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. We're so wealthy, pull ourselves up, we just don't even ask God. And when you ask God... You don't get it because your wrong your motives are all wrong. When you want only what you get, you're asking for things that are only for your own pleasure. So the question for us is, then what are our needs? To think through, maybe it's not bread, but maybe it's some physical needs. Maybe it's some emotional needs. Maybe you're struggling with some things. Maybe it's relational Maybe it is financial. Maybe you do want to be able to be more generous. And so to be able to do that, you need to have more money.
Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe you're struggling with something and you, you just need to be able to say, God, I need you to respond to me in this moment. But for whatever reason, we just don't. And God's like, listen, I want to be actively involved in your day-to-day life, but you have to be dependent upon me to step in and to do it. Even in John chapter 6, verse 34, God tells us, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. And so if you've ever been hungry or you've ever been thirsty, you understand what it means to crave for that to be satisfied. And Jesus is telling us, I want you to, as someone who hungers and thirsts after physical things, I want you to hunger and thirst after me. That we would crave that. That's why this thing of fasting and of giving up some food and giving up some things so that you will crave after the right things of God. And maybe the other part of that is maybe we're the wealthiest nation in the world. It's because there are moms and dads in other places of the world that we are the answer to their prayer. Is maybe there's a mom on a dump praying the same prayer that we're praying of God. Tomorrow, would you fill me today so that I can go to work tomorrow so that I can continue to feed my family? Maybe we're a part of that answer. So maybe for us, in a new context, it's like, God, provide for the daily needs. And God, how may I, with all that you've given me, may I receive with open hands. So the blessings that you give me, I can then pass on to others. Because there are others that are hand to mouth. and But for the grace of God, you live here and they don't. You didn't choose where you were born. God placed you here for this season, for this reason, to do maybe what you can do. I've got so much more to preach. But we're going to push pause, okay? And in just a moment, we're going to take the Lord's Supper together. We're going to take communion together. And so my prayer is, is that if you, as you receive that here in a moment, as Eric and Kenny lead us through that, as you receive that, I, my prayer is that your prayer would be, God, would you break me in such a way that as I receive this bread, as I receive this juice that's symbolic of what you've given for me, may I receive it in a way that how can I and my brokenness give over to others? Let's pray together. Father, may we hunger and thirst after you. Maybe this week we'll give up some meals, we'll give up some stuff to be reminded of what it feels like, what it is to hunger and to thirst and to not satisfy ourselves all the time with the food and those things. Father, I pray this morning that as we receive the Lord's Supper, May we see it with newness of eyes and to see that what you did on the cross, the brokenness of your body and the spilled out of your blood, the agonizing pain that you went through for us so that we can have life and life to the full. Father, for a moment, can we be there at the foot of the cross and be reminded of what you've done for us. 
For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the Cross Point Community Church Podcast. It is our prayer that this message was encouraging to you as you follow Jesus. For more about Cross Point Community Church, you can find us online at crosspointchurchtx.org. Have a great week.